can get going on the sermon? All right, let's go. All right. Uh, what I want to do is, as soon as that, are you guys over and ready for me? Okay, good. Okay, so I want to welcome you to our series, which is not clicking for me. Our series is Empowered. And the idea here is, is what we're learning real simply is how to be used as God's instrument at any time, for any reason, in any situation. Right? That's what we're learning how to do. Be his instruments at every moment. Now, if we're going to learn how to be his instruments at every moment, then we have to understand something, which is you need to know his will at every moment. Right? How can you be a finely wielded instrument if you're sort of, you know, you know do you want the surgeon's knife to suddenly take over? <laughs> you know what I mean? To start cutting away at you? Right? You want the surgeon, you want God to be the one who is directing the scalpel. We're the scalpel. And you want him to be directing the scalpel as to what to do next so that everything that happens is according to his will, right? So that means we got to know what his will is. That's what we've been looking at. And last week what we did is, is we saw something that's really quite extraordinary, and that is this. There's this thing that the, the scientists are calling intuition. By the way, let me say something about intuition. This, this is interesting. In the old days, we used to call that conscience. But we can't call it conscience anymore. Why? Because the conscience has a biblical overtone of right and wrong. And of course, there's no such thing as that in the world anymore. So now we just have to call it intuition and get rid of any sense of it being right or wrong. It's just this intuition about something, all right? So the scientists have been doing a lot of research on this kind of thing. And what they're discovering is, with this whole right brain, left brain that we've been talking about, what they're discovering is, is that intuition, up until seriously about two years ago, if you had asked a scientist, does everybody have in intuition, they, they would have said, yes, of course, everybody has a little bit of it, but really, there's just different personality types. Some people run off of a heavy-duty intuition. Some people lose it a little bit, but not much, if at all. And that's just the way that you're made, and people do things differently. But the more that we learn about how the brain works, the more that we learn about how learning happens and understanding comes, the more that what we're discovering is, is that everybody their processing pathway is intuitive. There's always a stage at which you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what it is, but you got some sense of something. And as you start to work on what that something is, it starts to come into your heart. And as it starts to come into your heart, you start to get more and more understanding of it. And then at some point in time, it goes, oh, oh, oh. And now you own that sucker, right? Like a parable. This is the way that we come to know things that make a difference in our life. Now that we know that like that, once we get that revelation, that aha, then we start acting accordingly because now it's part of us. Oh, that's, I see the world now through a different lens. Do you see it? So that's the way everybody learns. And I'm not saying there's no other way of learning. I'm just telling you that what the scientists are discovering as a new book called Thrive is pointing out, by the way, I do not recommend Thrive because the person that wrote it took the latest science and then applied it to some Eastern sort of New Agey kind of concepts. And we're going to redeem all of that right now. But the point is the science is the science. The person that wrote Thrive can take and do anything that they want with it, right? But here's what the scientists are discovering. The scientists are discovering how we actually function, and it turns out that here we are 2,000 years past Christ, 4,000 years past basically the beginning of the Bible being written and however many thousands of years before mankind started. Here we are thousands of years later, and what the scientists are discovering in the last couple of years, it turns out lines, out, lines up perfectly with what God has been telling us to do for 4,000 years. <laughs> No big surprise, right? Truth is from God, and eventually we'll discover it if we just won't push it away from ourselves. So that's what's going on, and what I want to do is, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be taking a thing that we, I showed last week, 10 things that intuitive people do, and I'll explain that in a second, but it's not just, what they're saying is, is everybody should be doing this in order to increase your understanding of intuition, but we're changing that, of course. We're saying in order to increase your ability to hear God, right? And I want to make it clear. I want, you to sh I want to show you something here. We, we say, as Christians, we say, well, then that doesn't have to do with a person that isn't saved. But the truth of the matter is, watch what God says about this whole area, even with the unsaved. 
Even Gentiles who do not have or know, he means, God's written law, show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts, either accuse them or tell them that they're doing right. See, their, own, their conscience is telling them, this is true, this is not true. This is what has been guiding us all along, whether you know the Lord or not. See? Now, what we did last week is, as I said, a couple of things. One is, I did walk us through a little thing that I hope you did this week, which is to try and help you start to become sensitive to times when the Lord is leading you. Starts with a sense. Number two, you seek understanding with everything you've got. Then you ask God, right, as you're seeking, you're asking God, what is this thing? What does it mean? How do I understand it? You're trying to bring it into understanding, which leads to an aha revelation, something that's, oh, I got it, that parable moment where you get it, and then don't give up until you get it, because sometimes revelation takes something. In fact, the revelations that are the best are the ones that take the most to get to, right? The hardest to come by are the ones that impact plant imprint the most deeply and then I did something else and that is I told you that what we're going to be doing this week I'd love some water <clears throat> sorry uh, what we did is we said we're going <coughs> to excuse me is that we're going to be looking at some of those things and how easy this really is for us to to do to enter into whether you think you do this or whether you're good at this or whether you're not good at this okay so that's where we're going today and I, I want to just say this before we actually launch into it in terms of your walk with Christ, what we've been talking about the last three, four weeks, it just doesn't get any more important than this. It's just the way it is. Thank you very much, Jesse. That's really quite nicely done. You get, you get an A for over effort. It's nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> I want us to get a hold of the fact that what God's trying to teach us right now if we will seek it, if we will go after it, whether you're somebody who uses intuition all the time or whether you're somebody who seems like they never do or anywhere in between, if you'll get a hold of what we're talking about today, this changes everything. This will change your walk completely. Do you want a walk that is more nearly aligned with God's deepest heart? Because that's what we're doing here. So we have Glenn Morton praying for us. I think that's a phenomenal person to help pray for us. Glenn, who serves in back of the house and so many other things. And it's just, frankly, I just, he's just, I want to call you brother, but I also want to call you son. And I just want to call you the guy that I love with all of my heart. Okay? So, Glenn, would you pray for the sermon and lift up another church, too? God, thank you for bringing us all here today, uh, guiding us on our journey here, um, leading us down our path, God. I pray that you um, bless Kurt's lips as he uh, speaks this truth into us, God. Teach us, God. Open our hearts. And God, I also want to lift up Olive Drive Church, a uh, church I grew up with in uh, California. And I just pray you bless them, God, as you bless us. In your name. Amen. Now, we're going to do something quite different in order to really get us going on this because last week we talked an awful lot about what intuition was, how it worked, how God's wired us to understand what it is, and really we're talking about how to hear what he's saying to us. But the bottom line is, is that we kind of shortcut the conversation or the discussion that we like to have. And, and what I want to do right now is, is we're going to start with the discussion this week because I want us to get a grip on the kinds of things that are happening so that when we look at the stuff that God's telling us to get better at it, we have a real place to locate it, no matter whether we're somebody who does it a lot or somebody who doesn't seem to ever do it. You see what I mean? I want to make this all a little bit more real to us by talking about this a little bit. So a couple of ground rules. What we're talking about is how do you sense the Lord? Okay, in particular, the still, small, quiet voice, the deeper, more subtle ways that the Holy Spirit God leads, guides, and communicates with us. That's the question that I'm asking you. How do you do this? But a couple of other little things is, I especially want to hear from the nonverbal processors. About half of this room is what we call verbal processors. That's just the way it breaks out. 
if you gather a crowd this size, half of them are going to be verbal processors. Half are any one of a number of things. But about half the world is verbal processing. And I, and I do want to hear what you do, but let me put it this way. You're going to say, well, God just talks to me. And indeed, it sounds like God's talking to you, right? It's not a voice like I'm talking to you with. But it's this, you know, it's like this dialogue that's going on in your head. You're a verbal processor. And so when, that means that when you think, you verbally process. You, you, it's verbal to you. And so what happens is, is that you already sort of, quote, unquote, hear the Lord. Okay? So I'm really looking for people who aren't verbal processors to talk about this because that's going to be the one that's going to be the better clue, particularly for those who struggle with this. Okay? That's number one. Number two, what I'm asking for is introverts. Why? Because introverts tend to live quite a lot of their life in an internal sense. That's what we're trying to deal with today. A lot of extroverts tend to deal with their life out here, and they're not even aware of a lot of processes on the inside. We're trying to become aware of something that's going on inside of us so we can all be more near to it. Now, here's one thing I want to just give you a caveat. Always remember, we're never going inside of ourselves as a final thing. We're just sort of going inside of ourselves to become more aware of ourselves, but ultimately our life is to be lived out. Okay? So we never think that we're going to find all truth by going in. I think what you find when you go in is a never-ending maze. Okay? I think when you go out, reality has a nice way of shaping and forming you to what's interior that needs to be going out and what doesn't need to be, all right? We'll get into that later in a bit. And the last thing is, uh, to those of you who did, we had one in the weekly uh, update, right? Somebody who tried this thing that we were doing, and they had a great testimony from it. So what happened when you were trying to sense him this week? So like I say, I just kind of want to start off on, I even, if there's somebody here that says, you know, I don't even really get what you're talking about, Kurt, but I kind of feel like, is this what you're talking about? Because this does happen with me. See what I mean? We're really wrestling, not with the people who, who get it. We're wrestling with the people who don't get it as much. And by the way, that's going to be quite helpful in the end to the people who do get it because we need to check something here on that. And that's just a little vague, but I'll show you what I'm talking about in a second here. So we got two microphones going around, right? Okay. All right. So raise your hand if you want to say something. How do you process? Okay. Did you raise your hand, Sue? Okay, go ahead. You got to stand up. Give us your name. I'm Sue. Uh, I'm new to this church, but um, I don't seek God. He seeks me, which is wonderful. Makes it easy on me. When I don't feel like seeking him, he finds me. And uh, to feel him, I, 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 it's weird, but I go to a place where I leave my worldly body and I become a spirit, and then it's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit thing. Now, that's incredibly profound. That's actually true, <laughs> right? That may sound a little woo-woo, particularly if you don't know the Lord and you're here, and if you are, welcome. But the bottom line is... I mean that, okay? But the point is, is we are spiritual beings. Well, a lot of what we're talking about is how to get more in touch with that. As we saw evidenced here a little bit ago. Who else has got something? Okay, go ahead. We've got, uh, let's do flow. This is flow of the flow and John who are moving to Virginia. Flow, I love you. Okay. Uh, the way I seek God is the way I seek a friendship with anybody. Yeah. I call them. I, I say... Hi, how are you doing? I say to the Lord, here I am. Remember me? Maybe I forgot you, but I know you know me. I know that you were calling me, so I'm going to answer you. Amen. I will fall on my knees. I will yeah. sit behind my, what do you call those car? Yeah. Car wheels, you know. And I expect him to talk to me. Yeah. If I'm going to call you, Pastor, I expect you'll call me back, That's right? That's right. And you will call me back with love. That's right. God will call me back with love. He'll say, here I am. Here I am. I hear your voice. I know what you want. Yeah. And I love you, and I'm going to take care of you. So you might be on a bumpy road, Florence. Thank you, Flo. But I'm going to be on that bumpy road with you. Yeah. And I'm going to be there with you always. Thank you, Flo. Always remember that everything that God did 
evidences who he is. Remember that, that Romans verse that we looked at said, everything that could have been known about him, including his invisible attributes, can be known by what he made. Why? Because as he made it, he left an indentation of who he was in it so that we could read that fingerprint and know the kind of God that he is. So when we look at what we do in our lives, when we want to have a relationship with somebody, what do we do? We come near, how are you doing? What's going on? We respect them. We expect them to reciprocate. This is actually the relationship that every Christian ought to be having. Now, in truth, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. The tragedy of modern Christianity, particularly in America right now, is how few American Christians are experiencing a genuine, dynamic, interactive relationship with God. It's just frightening. We've somehow got way off track. We're going to talk about it a little bit as we go. But flow that, that, just that conversational thing is so important. It'll come up in the sermon too. So go ahead. Who else? I see somebody in the very back. I can't tell who it is. It looks like maybe it's Todd. Is that? Yeah, right there. Okay. Got to stand up, Todd. Uh, God loves uh, his creation, his souls. Uh, more than anything, so I, what I try to do every day is, Lord, who have you, who have you put in front of me today, and vice versa, and whose yeah. lives, lives have you put me in, and really try to pay attention to. For any given day, okay, God, what are you saying to me through yeah. that person? Now, Todd, can I ask mm-hmm. you? Do you feel like you're an intuitive person naturally? Yes, but I'm, I'm an introvert. Overall, I so, got it. I, mean, I get burnt I out if I'm now, wrong. Did your intuition come with your Christianity, or were you intuitive before your Christianity? I, I was not intuitive before it. After it, I became yeah. very before intuitive. as well. Yeah, probably before even well? more so before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you want to say anything else? No, that's it. I'd, I'd really like to get. I need to get somebody to say something who isn't uh, a natural intuitive person. Go ahead. Go ahead. You saw. Go ahead. Stand up. You got to say your name. Sorry about that. I'm Jesse. I don't. Yes. I think I do fall into the naturally intuitive. Um, so I did want to speak to that a little bit. Please. You, you mentioned the Romans verse today, and um, it's true that I always heard from God even before I ca- became a Christian. Yeah. And then I had a sense of deep down inside me of what was right, even though there are layers on top of that. Right. And then. In AA, they said, you know, there's a power, you come to believe then a power greater than yourself. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you can choose that higher power. But then one day, um, someone suggested, why don't you ask that higher power to reveal itself to you as it is? And I did that. And that's when Jesus revealed himself to me and his love to me. Amen. So how I hear from God most now is through... Um, listening to his worship music, and then I journal, and I, I ask him that. questions, and then answers come. I love that. That's the most powerful way, and I also yeah. hear from him out on my walks, but definitely asking him questions through journaling, much yeah. like Flo was, you know, how are you? What would you like me to know today? Yeah. I offer myself to you. Why don't you, t- you know, what do you want to do with me? Yeah. And then I get the most amazing answers that are not from me. Yeah. Some people are journalers. Some people are not. You don't know what you are until you try. You might want to try the journaling thing. It is quite extraordinary what happens when you're writing and thinking at the same time. It's, it's just quite amazing. And I'm really looking for somebody who's not naturally intuitive. Could you just keep your hands up if you are? I see Chantel. I'm sorry, some of the lights I can't see, but I, th- I think I see Chantel there. Okay. I'm Chantel Hatch. I just wanted to say that... Um, when, when I, I thought that to hear God, I would hear him in my head. I would hear this voice in my head talking to me because that seemed like how everybody else heard him, and, and I could never hear him that way. And when I um, was told that, no, it's more from your heart, it's more from that spiritual place yeah. that's way deep down inside of you, yeah. suddenly when I started looking for him there, that's when I actually found him and, and, and found his voice. That's good. I saw a couple of hands way towards the back over there, and again, I'm having a little trouble, but, but let's go ahead. The, the one that's on the far aisle, do you see that, Vijay? Again, I'm... Hi, my name is Gavin. Um, I just wanted to say that when I was growing up, I wasn't very naturally intuitive. 
I would go to church and I always noticed everyone was very happy and um, they had a connection with God, but I couldn't see it because I was too busy, full of myself and full of my selfish wants that I never really could see that. And then until I started actually um, getting with, right with God, then I finally can actually see why everyone's so happy and why we come to church. And yeah. so that's one thing that's helped me is actually um, building you, that connection. Do you, now, do you now feel that sense of him talking to you? Can you have that sort of relational conversation with him at this point? Yeah, definitely, especially if I'm alone or if I'm uh, going through hard times. Yeah. I definitely can process things a lot better. And, and when I talk with God, I mean, my day just starts off right. Everything goes good when I'm in contact, okay. always with God. It's good. Thank you. We're doing a, just a couple, of, couple more. I want to do Mike. Let's, let's get up here. Is that all right? It's, I apologize. I know there's several hands going up. You just, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, my name is Mike. Um, I don't know that I ever actually heard the word the Lord speaking to me, <clears throat> but I sure did get a definite direction from him. But I'm in a weird spot right now where things are going pretty good, and so I'm not actively seeking him, and, nor am I getting that sense of direction from him either. Hang in here, because that's what we're going to be talking yeah. about here in just a second. So that's a really good word. Uh, let's do Jeff here. I just want to do a couple more. I, I see it, Jesse. Uh, so my name is Jeff Stevens, and... Um, I, I've been thinking a lot about how do I sense the Lord, and, you know, it's just wrestling with the ideas and the questions and the answers that kind of pop into my head that I'm not, that I didn't get out of a textbook or that I didn't get from someone else, and then wrestling with that with someone else. So taking these ideas and these senses and then running them by my friend Kurt or That's running right. them by my friend Guy and seeing, well... What do you guys think? Does that sound like a godly thing? Or does that, does that sound like something that just popped into my head? It's not well, from I don't God. have to preach the sermon anymore. You guys keep bringing up all the points of the sermon. <laughs> so that's awesome. Let's do Jesse, and then, and then I think we're going to have to be done unless I saw Courtney back there, and I always love to hear what Courtney has to say. So let's hit Jesse right here. Right, oops, right here. Right here next to Courtney. That Jesse. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. And, and then VJ, head for Courtney. My name's Jesse. Um, I do consider myself intuitive. However, I've never been had that intuition with God. And how it's the intuition is it comes through, it's come through me lately very strong. Yeah. And um, it was presented through uh, individuals who know God strongly. And now um, I'm starting to feel that intuition where I'm getting that clarity where he's speaking to me. And I do that by, um, from what some other people said, I talk to him like a friend. And I journal okay. and ask questions. Jesse, so you've heard a lot of things over your life. And, you've, and, and I don't want to go too much deep into your story, I, although if people could hear the story right now and know what Jesse's talking about, you'd all be slain to the floor. I've never but, had But the clarity. fact of the matter is, I, I just want to ask something. You, you just said something that I thought was, is very important for us, and that is that you're, how do you know that what you're hearing now is actually the Lord and what you were hearing then? What's the difference between what you're hearing now that makes you think that this is the Lord versus what you used to hear? I feel peace in my heart, and I get that. I don't always follow that direction, yeah. but I, he speaks to me, and I feel an innocence that I've yeah. never felt before. Yeah, I got to tell you, peace is, the, peace is one of the huge ones to knowing if it's the Lord, right? When you get a revelation, it brings you into a, it's a ha. <laughs> you can just relax into it. But I have to say there's one other thing, and you tell me if this is true too, Jesse. It's not just peace as in I'm not in turmoil. The, the, that passage in Roman talks about as we push the truth of God away from us, we become confused in our minds. And so peace is that thing of things are starting to line up again in a way that they make sense and that I go, oh, I can rest here. But it's not just rest in peace. I want to say one of the things that you really know it's the Lord is, is life. Is that true? I mean, you get this sense. Yes, of this. I'm, I'm getting a sense of when, when I say peace, I have a contentment in my heart. Yeah. Where, um, like I said, I don't always follow it, but I'm following it now. Um, you know, I was raised with hardcore Southern Baptist, and yeah. I never felt it. I never felt it. And yeah. I felt resentful towards God because I'm like, you're not. I expected to hear that audible voice in my yeah. head, and now I'm getting the clarity, and 
being able to decipher the difference. Be, stay with me here for one second. Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray for Jesse. And we ask you that this thing that he's learning would continue to grow in his heart, would continue to grow in such a way as that weeds and other things would be choked out themselves. That you would literally weed his garden, that you would literally take those other things out, and that this thing would be planted down there so deeply that when the, when the persecution, when the hot sun comes up, it does not wither, and that the other things do not choke it out, but it can grow up into a hundredfold return unto you. In Jesus' holy and precious name, thank you, God. Amen. Courtney, we're going to do you, and then we're done, okay? My name is Courtney Thorson, and the question is, how does the Holy Spirit lead and guide and communicate with us? A couple months ago, um, my mom needed a new car. She wanted a Subaru. And my gosh, there were nothing but Subarus on the road all of a sudden. There were Subarus everywhere. There's another one. There's another one. And so I use this analogy to show that in the same way when I'm struggling with something, God opens my eyes to things I had not seen before. There you go. Who knew there were so many Subarus on the road? And so yeah. there'll be a sermon about something that I'm concerned about. And then I'll hear a worship song that has to deal with that. And then I'll be reading my Bible, and that deals with that too. And then maybe a, a friend uh, calls me up, and, and the conversation is on that topic too. It's like okay, well, God's obviously telling me something here because it can't just be five coincidences like yeah. that. Yeah, every sermon that I preach, sometime during the week, God will give me something that's major that I'm sitting there in the middle of. I don't even have any idea, and all of a sudden in the middle of it I go, oh, you're doing this for the sermon, aren't you? You know what I mean? I'll recognize it. Well, watch how all of these concepts now are going to flow into this, this thing that we're doing. Remember too, by the way, as we end this, continue the conversation. The, our discussion group is the beginning of a discussion. We're trying to figure out better ways and we're working on it. We have not arrived at a great way to do it yet. But Facebook has got to be a pretty good way to have a conversation that others can eavesdrop in on and contribute to and so on. And so I want you to post to Facebook. Please be on mine because I just have more than Lake Sam does and, and the way that Facebook is these days, it's not letting us post. If you post something on Facebook, it doesn't reach timelines. If I post something, it does, depending on if you've liked anything I've done lately and algorithms and blah, blah, blah. But bottom line is, or send us an email to the office and we'll try and get it posted on Facebook or in the weekly update or other places. But we want to continue the conversation. Okay? So help us do this. And even now, you've got a piece of paper and pencil in front of you, I hope, because you're going to be using this. And write down, you know, get in touch. Okay, we're coming off of this article that comes from the book, the book I do not recommend, but that has a lot of good research in it, 10 Things Highly Intuitive People Do Differently. This is not, as I thought originally, you're supposed to take a little test, and if you get 6 out of 10, then you're an intuitive person. This is scientific research saying everybody's intuitive. How can, we, how can we become more intuitive? And it's taking things that intuitive people do. By the way, sorry, got to do this. During the discussion that we had on Wednesday night about this in our small group, your first small group, which is incredible, uh, what happened was is that we noticed the difference. We noticed something about couples. Almost always in a couple, you'll have one that's more intuitive than the other. I mean, that's just, right, you're always going to have that. But I mean, most of the time what you'll have is if this is the midline and these are the two extremes, you'll have one person on one side of that midline and another on the other side. It doesn't always happen, but most of the time. And then what happens is sometimes you get pretty, pretty big extremes. I want to say something. If you're a spouse and you feel like you hear the Lord all the time and that you're really being led by him all the time, thank you God for that. But, and you're frustrated about your spouse not hearing him all the time, I got a big hint for you. Really huge. This is not, this, I'm going to tell a story about me, and I'm a highly intuitive person, but bottom line is, learn how to get better at discerning when you're actually wrong. It'll help the person that's trying to learn how to get good. Because if you're wrong, but you cover it, you come up with another reason why you weren't actually wrong, the person that's watching you and wanting to be more like that becomes less wanting to be more like that. Do you see that? As a highly intuitive person, I made decisions believing that they were the Lord and having actual miracles, dramatic miracles. 
six months I went, every meeting I went to, God told me every single thing that every single person would say and everything that had happened between the two meetings so that I would walk into the meetings knowing what had happened, that there was no way I could know, and then knowing what everybody was going to say and what they were going to do for six months straight. And then people would come to me and say, Kurt, I think what you're doing is wrong. And I would say, but look at these miracles. You were with me at the meeting, and I told you what had happened in the meeting. And how am I supposed to understand this? How, how could I turn my back on what it seems like God is doing? And I believe with all of my heart, you literally could not have put a piece of dynamite under me and get me to shift from my belief that this was God. And the truth was it wasn't. It was in deception. Now that's scaring you, right? But here's the point. What I did with it was, is I, when I learned that I was in deception, I didn't try and explain it away. I didn't try and make good. I tried to say, what was in me that let me get to a place to where I thought it was true and it wasn't? What do I have to learn? And boy, I started learning all kinds of things about myself. And it made my wife, who had just watched me be terribly wrong when, she, when it seemed like I was right, it made her go, I can do that too. See what I mean? It, made her inv it invited her into it rather than pushed her away from it. I mean, she was pushed away in, in the initial part stage, but then all of a sudden she started seeing he's really growing and I'm not anymore. Because I've shut it down. I'm not going to listen to God anymore. And you know what? Julie has now become, in my opinion, about as good a counsel as you can ever get from anybody. If Julie thinks a thing is about a certain way, I don't know if it's that God is actually that way or if God just changes to be along with Julie. <laughs> just a joke. When we're talking about this stuff, we have to understand that we can be wrong. Humility is huge. Okay? We're talking about getting things, if we get things wrong, it's okay. Learn, grow, right? All right, now here we go. I just want you to see this, okay? Look, everybody is connected. This is one of the researchers. Everybody is connected to their intuition. Some people just don't pay attention to it as intuition, this guy says. I have yet to meet a successful businessman that didn't say, I don't know why I did that. It was just a hunch. In fact, what this researcher goes on to say is, the cultural bias against following one's instinct. Isn't that true? See this? The cultural bias against following one's instinct or intuition often leads to disregarding our hunches to our own detriment. Well, I feel like I shouldn't do that, but, you know, everybody else is doing it, so how many times have people been wrong doing that? See? All right? So here we go. The first one, really complicated. Now we're taking on the left-hand side, we're taking what the scientists are discovering. On the right-hand part of it, you're going to see how this correlates with the things God does, all right? Listen to your inner voice. That's, that's exactly what we're saying, right? <laughs> so the number one thing that they discovered was that people are intuitive. What they do is they actually listen to what their hunches are. This should not be terribly revolutionary for anybody in here, okay? But the point is, is that when we do this, see, it's what we're saying when Jesus says, therefore, take care how you listen. You see what he's saying? Don't be the kind of person that will hear a thing, handle it superficially, and move on. Be the kind of person that will take the time and the effort that it takes to know a thing. Do you see it? That you really find it. If there's something else in there, do not stop until you get it. Over and over and over in sermons, I think I'm there, and then I let God sit in my heart, and he starts to talk to me about how I can go deeper. And a lot of times that will completely change what I'm doing in the sermon. So, look, if you do that, if you take time to listen, if you take care to listen, then what you have, more is going to be given. In other words, as you try and find meaning, guess what's going to happen? you're going to find meaning. But if you're not trying to find meaning, then whatever you do have, even what you think you have, is going to be taken away from you. Right? That's what we learned last week. That's what we're learning again this week. All of which is to say, listen to God's spirit and leading. Okay? You know what? Listen to God's spirit and leading. Can I change that? Because actually what we're talking about is discerning it. Because it's a sense. I really want us to get a hold of Chantel said... I, you know, and, and so did you, Jesse. I used to think I wanted it to be a certain way. It's not. It's, it's not up here. It's not language. It's a sense in your heart. It's a sense below language. 
We're going to see this in more detail in a moment. But do you get it? We're going after something that's deeper still. That we're turning into something that we can understand. It's a sense of something very foundational and deep. Learn to seek that. Learn to discern that. Learn to do the work that it takes to come to know it. Okay? All right, now here's our second one. So discern God's spirit. Uh, I don't know what happened, but I seem to have lost my clicker. I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you with another friend so that you'll always have someone with you. Now, here's what Jesus was saying. When I was walking amongst you, okay, here I am, and I can be with you or the 12 of you, right? Or maybe a few more. But I couldn't be in another town at the same time, could I? So Jesus says, it's better for you if I go away because I can only be in one spot because I limited myself to flesh. But when I go away, I'm going to send a friend to be with every single person that knows me, every single place that they are in the world. See it? Now, by the way, that word friend there is the, is the Greek word for uh, paraclete. It means one who's called alongside to help, counsel, protect. There is no good English word for it. We call him counselor. We call him helper. We call him this. There's no good English word for this. Here's what this means. You have your own personal consigliari. Is it, I pronounced that right? Who's the Italian person in here that knows? It's a mob term, right? The, 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 the guy that's always right there helping you think, helping you react, helping you process, helping you understand things. The Holy Spirit is always, always, always right there helping you understand things, helping you process things. Do you see it? That's what he's doing. Like the conscience, the unsafe person has the Holy Spirit speaking to them through their conscience saying right and wrong. And you can harden your conscience, but he's there. What we have is we've been made new by him, and he now resides in us. And it's like the conscience on steroids times a billion. Okay? He's always, always, always there. True? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Better for you that I go away. Well, if you're not living a Christian walk that has his intimate presence helping and guiding, then something needs to change in that walk, right? You need to get to a place to where that's happening. All right? That's what we're trying to do. Take time for solitude. I get a big grin on my face. What's the number one thing that I tell you is going to make a difference in your life? So let me just say it out. I, I, something I preach about all the stinking time. Devos. Devos, 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 devos. Everything keeps coming back to me to devos. What's a devo? Real simple. Okay? Just a sec, time for solitude, devotionals, okay? Devotionals is read the word in conversational prayer. There could be other things in it, but let me just explain this to you real quickly. Read the word. That's the first layer of it. I love you. If you have a great devotional by Oswald Chambers, my gosh, that devotional is so anointed and so incredible and so wonderful. It's amazing, but here's what it is not. God's voice. God's word. It may be God through a man, as was the word, only the word takes on another character. Here's what God said. I'm going to be leaving, Jesus says, and I'm going to leave in the world something that is me. And if you know that, you will always be lined up with me. The word, we call it, it's the Bible we're talking about. We call it the word in part because we understand it to be, as it says about itself, every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Is that a beautiful translation of that or what? Isn't that incredible? You, here's why you want to read the Word. Because when you read the word, it's you hear God. You hear him talking to you. You're getting tuned in to what he sounds like. And now as you go through your day, as other things happen, other words, other thoughts, other ideas, you can judge them relative to that word that you have in your soul. I'm telling you, in our, you know this, you can go to our website. The top bar is for everybody. The bottom bar is discipleship. Go to the bottom bar, click on soap, click on that day's reading, read those words. It will take you five minutes. 
And even if you don't do the journaling, even if you don't do anything else with it, if you will just read that word every single day, move another piece of huge research tells us there is not one single thing you can do in your life that will make more of a difference to your life than reading the word. How? Why? Because you're learning principles? Yeah, but no. You're learning a person. You know what they sound like. And now when the Holy Spirit who's with you every single moment is talking to you, you begin to say, I'm hearing something, and it sounds a lot like what I read. It sounds a lot like the person that wrote what I read. You see it? Now I know what is and what isn't, ever more so. See it? You just have to be in the Word, okay? All right, now conversational prayer. This is a little different. As often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-way places for prayer. We're going to take a minute here on the conversational prayer because this is very much what we're talking about, right? As we were talking and people were saying, Flo brought up that thing about, you know, I say, hi, how you doing? Literally, my first words out of my mouth almost every single time, I worship first. That brings me into his presence so deeply. I love the person that brought that up about worship. And, and then I go from there, and what I do is, is almost always the first thing is, how you doing, God? <laughs> now, you know what? It always seems stupid of me to say, because of course he's doing great. <laughs> how is he? Well, now I'm a little bummed today. You know, what's he going to say? But you know, when you go to your friend, what do you say to them? You say, God, I'm really feeling bummed today. Is that thing that you start with? Even if you're really feeling bummed, if you're a friend, the first thing you say is, how are you doing? Right? And they say, I'm doing great. And you say, great, now I'm doing bummed. Do you see it? It's relational. It's conversational. It's interactive. It isn't, God, help my mom. God, help my dad. God, help my kids. God, help my job. God, help my friends. But that's great things to pray for. Faithfully praying for things like that is very important to do it. But it is not, categorically not, what I'm asking you to do in conversational prayer. In conversational prayer, what we're asking you to do is to learn how to have a conversation with God. And right now, about two-thirds of the room is saying, well, I know a little bit what he's talking about. About one-third of the room is saying to themselves, I honest to God do not know what to do with that. And here's what I want to say to the one-third and to the other third that struggles with doing this, because there's only a third of us that just do it quite naturally. So for two-thirds of you, here's what I want to say to you. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Right? For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. See, some people who do not hear the Lord, like I say, they may have a, a situation in the past where somebody heard the Lord all the time and they were wrong all the time, and so they're very scared of it and they're very nervous about it, or they just bought into this Western idea that frontal lobe is where everything exists, when in fact it is not. In fact, very little does, you know what I mean, in the end. And, and all this kind of stuff. What we're going after on this thing is, is if you're not experiencing what I'm talking about, could you, just in love, could you lay down your bias against it and ask God to show you what it might be for you in particular, you individually, you, unique, you uniquely you, so that you can start having this relationship that we're talking about. Because I believe that if you do that and if you'll faithfully press into it, I believe that as you are asking the Lord for conversational prayer, he, you will start hearing what he's been answering all along. And when you do that, you'll start realizing, oh, this is real. And then like all the rest of us, you'll just be getting better and better at doing it, making some mistakes along the way. Right? That's all we're doing. Okay? Now with that said, I'm gonna, again, I'm taking you down a little road here. God has done the most weird thing ever. This thing called tongues. About, about three-fifths to four-fifths of you know what that is. The other fifth is going, what the heck is tongues? Real simply, it's praying in the Spirit. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you, and it comes out sometimes in a syllabic kind of a thing, okay? Uh, if you don't know what that means, by all means, do call me or talk to your friends here. They'll know. Do all that kind of stuff. But talk to somebody about this. If you don't know what this means, don't just let this go. Talk to somebody about it, okay? But here's what I want to do. Tongues is weird. The Bible says tongues is weird. 
can you do, I want you to own that tongues is weird. Okay, I don't want you to own, I, I think it's beautiful. But it is, as the Bible says, the things of the spirit like this are foolishness to the natural mind. Which is exactly the point. What God is trying to do in praying in the spirit, he's trying to take us somewhere. In fact, here's how he talks about it. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses that we don't know how to pray for what we ought. We don't know what to pray for. We just don't get, we have a sense of something to pray for, but we don't know what it is. And so we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to pray through us. He prays for us, through us, with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. For those of you who do not think tongues is for today, I love you, please talk to me. For those of you who feel a little sketch about it, this is Scripture. He's telling you that God has done something. You have a sense of something? Great. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into its meaning. Isn't that what we've been talking about for four weeks? Well, praying in the Spirit is a wonderful way to do this. If I have a sense of something, I don't know what it is, and I always begin by praying in the Spirit. Sorry, I'm going to do this. Love you, but I just, some people just need to hear because they don't know, and it's just kind of a, hello, kid, could I see it, and I just start praying. I don't know what my lips are saying. I don't care what they're saying. What I'm doing is, is I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to lift and pray through me in a way that the word tells me is the father's heart the holy spirit is god <coughs> he knows what the father's heart is and he knows what i know and don't know and he's praying for me according to that which i don't get do you see that by the way that thing that said ask seek and knock you want to know what it says next it says god will not give you something bad if you ask for something good and the end of it is this so won't god give the holy spirit to anybody who asks that's how that passage ends. Ask, seek, and knock so that you can have the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't just mean the Holy Spirit in salvation and making you new. He's talking about this dimension of, now watch, who's in control of your life. You or the Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit your conciliere or are you its slave? Is he your master? Is he the one who's leading you or is he just counseling you? I'm going to go after the fact that he is Lord. And what Lord means is he's the decider in my life. He knows what I need to be doing. I do not. And so what I do is I, I empty myself. I do what is foolishness to the natural mind so as to bend my knee and humble myself, admitting that I do not know everything that God wants me to know. And when I do that, the scripture also tells me that what I'm doing is, when I speak in a tongue, that I'm speaking to God, people don't understand me, I don't either. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, and it's mysterious, meaning you don't understand it. And when you don't understand something in God, what do you do? We learned this four weeks ago. What do you do when you don't understand something? Ask, which is exactly what it says. Anyone who speaks in a tongue, pray for the ability to interpret what's been said. Now that's public, right? And by the way, love you very much, Zach, but Zach had a tongue today. And he said, he came up afterwards and he said, when you said, does somebody have something? He said, I had a tongue. And I really should have said it, but he said, I was just scared. I love you, Zach. Thank you for admitting that. And I told him I was going to bust him on this, and he was fine with it. Okay? I love that, Zach. That's exactly right. We are scared, right? We're scared. Patricia Lyon did that beautiful thing a few weeks ago. God is trying to teach us, church, family, people, friends, right? He's trying to teach us. He's trying to get control of our lives. He's trying to lovingly pry out of our own hands our will, <laughs> our fear, so that he can place in them himself in love, right? And then what he says, so what's the end of all of this? The Holy Spirit says through Paul. Paul, we're supposed to do what Paul says. We're supposed to do what the Holy Spirit says through Paul. What's the end then? I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in words. Look at the, look at the order. I will pray in the Spirit. I'll be asking for interpretation when it comes to my understanding. I will see that it is good. I will taste that it is good. And I will speak that out because now I understand it. And now I'm his instrument for doing it in the world. Bringing it to pass. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing in words that I understand. 
what we're learning today is how to hear the Holy Spirit. I cannot think of a better way than how, of how to hear the Holy Spirit than to let the Holy Spirit pray through me and just ask him what he's talking about. <laughs> if this is something that you want, I love you, absolutely come to me or go to somebody that you know and they'll help you with this. But here's another truth. Just go home and ask God because he's the one that said, ask, seek, and knock. And I really like it when the Holy Spirit is the one that teaches you this stuff, not any pressure from men. So just go and say, I just praying in the Spirit thing, I do not understand what it is. Or there's a lot of good charismatic singing in this body that rarely, if ever, do it. I have to tell you, here's what Paul said about it. I thank God that I do it more than y'all. And when he said that, there's some way of interpreting that. I don't think it's actually true, but it's, close, it's good for the story. What he's saying is, what he's saying is, is add up how much you guys all pray in the Spirit, and I pray more than that. That's what he's, that's what, there's a way of interpreting it that says that. But you see what he's saying? Paul. Paul. How did I know what to do? How did I get my flesh in line? How did I do the things that God wanted me to do? How did I understand where to go and what to say and how to say it and what to do and all these kinds of things? I let the Holy Spirit show me. Okay? We good? Thank you, God. Practice mindfulness. What does that mean? This is really complicated now. You need, a, you need a, definitely you need a graduate degree to understand this. Here's what mindfulness means. It means pay attention. Right? When stuff happens, pay attention. Really complicated stuff. I'm telling you, we're really advanced here. Take care how you hear. Right? Discern what's happening. Look around. <laughs> Here's the way that in one instance, there's so many other ones. But do remember, the Pharisees, the ones who had committed their life to God, God was now standing in front of them, and they didn't know it. And so what he, they say, give us a sign to prove who you are. He says to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming, and it happens. When you see a south wind blowing, you say, oh, it's going to be scorching heat. And it is. You know the physical things. You can read the signs of the physical things. But you're not reading the signs of the things of the heart of the Spirit. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth's sky, but you do not know how to interpret the present time. Here, here's what he's really saying. Up here. Thanks. Thanks, BJ. You do so much already. But here's what he's really saying. VJ's God. And here's what God is saying to the Pharisees. You don't know who's standing in front of you. <laughs> That's how little you're paying attention to what's actually happening here. <laughs> That's how little you're pushing the truth of all of the things that are bearing witness in your heart. There's all these miracles. There's all these things that I'm doing. There's these things that I'm saying. You're pushing the truth of these things away from yourself. See it? Thanks, VJ. You make a good God, by the way. I guess I shouldn't say that. Somehow that'll probably get you in trouble somewhere. Okay. Connect deeply with others. Connect deeply with others. What was Jesus' last prayer? This is what the scientists discovered. This is how you hear God. What is Jesus' last prayer, the one that he wanted ringing in our ear? May they all be one as you, Father, and me, and I am in them. May they also be one in us. Does that sound like connecting deeply? Here's what that is not. Cocktail conversation. Hey, how you doing? Great. Yeah, me too. Here's what connecting deeply is. Jeff and I are in a threefold together. Jeff has some huge things going on in his life. I've got some huge things going on in my life. When Jeff and I get together in a threefold, we connect deeply. We talk about the huge things that are going on in one another's life. And guess what happens? Whenever we're talking about the huge thing that's going on, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shows up and starts saying stuff. I mean, seriously, in our threefold, there's a lot of experiences where you just want to write down what you just said because you're going, dang, man, that's good. <laughs> I could preach that or I could do something else with that. That's good stuff. The Holy Spirit gives you a sense of something as you will connect spirit to spirit with somebody, as you will connect deeply with them. Dave and, Dave and uh, Adam did that movie, Rogue Saints, and they were talking about the superficiality of connections now. We have more connections than ever 
and they're less deep than ever. Facebook is not a great place to confess the deepest things that are going on in your heart. I have not learned that lesson yet. Just go to my Facebook page. <laughs> one with God and one another, right? That's the way, that's what the, Christ, what the researchers discovered. The Christian thing is one with God and one another. And we just talked about, look, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Okay? What we do is, is that we connect in a way that the Holy Spirit is trying to move through us and trying to reach out and help us lift up each other's arms. Now, I want to show you something here. Not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. You know what every pastor in, in America, if they were preaching this verse, would tell you? See, you have to come to church. Do not misunderstand me. It will be empty next, Saturday, next Sunday. I think that that is a tremendous perversion of what that verse actually says. I think telling people what that church means is to come to church the way that it is in America today. I'm sorry, I'm very, very rarely critical. But I have to tell you, I wouldn't go to church the way it is in most places. In fact, I wouldn't go to church the way that Lake Sam was 10 years ago. I wouldn't. No, that's not true, I would because there's this thing in me that just would go anyway. But the truth of the matter is I wouldn't go because of how much a difference it was actually making in me. There's something that's happened. This threefold thing, that's huge, right? This is that deep connection. Small groups, do we get it? Small groups, this is that same kind of connection. Maybe you can't get to as deep as you can get in a threefold or as personal because some things, you know. But the fact of the matter is, is, is small groups are a way to lift, lift one another's hands. Go to life together. The best small groups are the ones that have been together for 25 years. You've married and buried and divorced and, and had tragedies and you've had all kinds of things. And I'm sorry, there was a, a thing on the divorce, but truthfully, there's all kinds of stuff that happens in life, right? And you stick with the same people for 25 years and go through life together like that. And you, you know how the Holy Spirit moves through you to help somebody else. Because there's been ministry after ministry after ministry where it's been exercised through you to them and through them to you in a way that bore witness with you. You want to know how to hear the Holy Spirit? Get deeply involved with other people. But here's the point that I was just going after. When it comes to church, I'm, I, I'm just, the more that God is showing me, the more appalled that I am. How the heck did we get to church being that you came to church at 10 o'clock and that you literally, now literally, you don't even have to sing the songs because somebody else is going to sing them and you just have to listen to them. And then they're going to give, do a couple of announcements, and then you're going to hear some guy talk, and it's going to be so funny, and it's going to be so brilliant, and it's going to touch your heart so deeply, and you're going to walk, and then you're going to pay your money, and you're going to walk out of that place. Where did we get the feeling that that was church? Because i got to tell you, that's killing us. It is killing us. I look at what God has done in Lake Sam. Think about steering teams. Here's what God did. He got rid of all the people that were doing ministry so that we had to do the ministry. And now people are doing ministry. Uh, those of you who are in a steering team, has it made a difference in your walk with God? If you're on a steering team, raise your hand, would you? If you're on a steering team, raise your hand. Now, if it's not making, is there really only that many steering team people in here? I know there's got to be more. Millers, you guys have been on steering teams. So on. anyway, has it made a difference in your life? Has it? Okay. It makes an enormous difference in your life. But then that was just the beginning of, you know, we knew it was, but I had no idea. You know, even the discussion that we did today, what I'm finding is, is that people come to the sermon with a totally different attitude. They don't come passive as in, I'm going to listen and discern and critique. They come active as in, I'm expected to speak and to think. I'm expected to process what's going on. The, the preachers that we're having from the body that are coming forth and preaching, the, you know, people are writing me and saying, by the way, if you want to preach, write me. Okay? Writing me and saying, by the way, um, we're learning from Lean In that women will not promote themselves. Women, if you want to preach, write me. Do not, I'm sorry, I love you, but one of the things we're learning is I'm not going to, you want people to recognize you. In the real world, you need, to, you need to just step up a little bit, okay? So if you're a woman and you feel like you have something to preach, please, 
Send me an email and say, I think I've got a word. Give me a little outline on it. I'll start praying about it. God will do whatever he's going to do. But you see what it does? It takes us all and it turns us into a synagogue. It turns us into a, a, a family. It turns us into a people who are doing church together. Do you see it? Can you feel it? This isn't a passive experience anymore here. This is a relational one where we all have skin in the game, where we all are doing something in order to get us to where God wants us to be. And I just have to tell you, now that we're doing this, I just can't even imagine going to church that doesn't do this. I would feel so impoverished. I would feel like, well, what do they really want? My money? Because they don't seem to want any, well, I, if, they, if I can get set up chairs, they want, my chairs, they want me to set up chairs and give me their money, give my money. I don't know. Let me get off of that. Okay. Take plenty of downtime. This is the last one we're doing. Take plenty of downtime. What's that sound like? Christianize that. What's it sound like? There you go. You have six days each week to do ordinary work. The seventh day must be a Sabbath day of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anybody who works on the Sabbath must be put to death. I give you this command through all the generations. Right? Here's what he's saying. The world is trying to get dominion over you. It is trying to create so much noise that you can't ever hear the still, small, quiet voice of the Lord. When you take a Sabbath, you're saying the world is not over me. I've been made to be over it. God has done wonderful things, and I get to just enjoy. I get to just relax. I get to hear. I get to tune to a different frequency than the world that is demanding my attention to the God who is inviting me to his presence. You see it? So Sabbath. So watch this. Now, we've, we've taken these. I could do the other five and do the same thing with them. I did it, and the sermon was way too long. See these? This is what the scientists said over on the left. Here's what we're saying over on the right. These are things that are not new to anybody that goes to this church for any length of time. This is not, shouldn't be anything that's new to anybody who's been a Christian for any length of time. Discern God's spirit. Do devotionals. Discern what's happening. Pay attention, in other words. One with God and one another, threefold, small groups, church, Sabbath. Does that sound like anything? Look at the, look at the, look, Sunday church, devotional, small groups, threefolds, serving. If you're setting up chairs, I get it. It can be a spiritual thing, but, you know, when we're talking about serving, we're talking about being on a ministry or a steering team, the kind of thing that is discipling you. And I got to tell you, when we're talking about outreach, there's nothing that demands if you want to be successful, if you want to stand on a soapbox and yell at people, you can do that by a formula just fine. If you want to pass out tracks, you know, chick tracks or whatever that are condemning everybody, you can do that. If you actually want to bring people to the Lord, he doesn't do it en masse for the most part. The way that he does it is individually one-to-one. -one. That's how he has built billions of Christians throughout 2,000 years now. Here's what he does. He moves through a person to reach out to a friend. And then he moves through them in order to reach them. See it? He touches them. Individually, uniquely, fingerprint. When that happens, I mean, I think everything else leads up to this. <laughs> I think we need to know how to hear the Lord so that we can do this. Because I got to tell you, when you lead somebody to the Lord, there's nothing better. It's just this, the angels cry out in heaven and you hear the sound of it in your heart and you rejoice surpassingly. So what we're saying is be led by the Spirit. <laughs> wow, really deep message. What we're saying is, is that every single person in here has the Holy Spirit inside of them, and that Holy Spirit is gently, lovingly, but surely trying to get a hold of your heart, your mind, your will, so that he can lead you into the places that he's got. So Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, this congregation comes before you, and we let you lead us gently and surely. And we even ask you, God, when we're rebellious and we're walking away to stop us. In Jesus' holy and precious name, God.
You're the one that does these extraordinary things. And we ask you even now, do what only you can do. Reach down in front of you and pick up these cups. In the bottom, there's two cups, so get them both. In the bottom cup is a piece of bread that symbolizes our lives initially and the way that we broke them by not actually being led by the Holy Spirit, by not actually listening to the Spirit's leading in our life, by not actually, by being wrong in it, by being undisciplined in it, by being uh, disobedient to it, by all kinds of things. We have broken our lives in so many ways as we have not followed our loving Lord. So take your finger as a thing and break that bread, would you? And then remember that Jesus Christ is the one who went up on that cross to let his body be broken, that ours might be made whole. By his stripes, he says, we are healed. So take this together with me, would you please? To be healed. And now in Jesus' most remarkable name, God, the way that you do things right there in that moment on that cross when that blood was spilled, everything that we needed was completely finished. As he said, it is finished. And now it's just a matter of it becoming ever more true in our lives. So we lift up this cup in which is the life of Christ, the life that you have for us, the better life that you've always had for us. And we take this cup together saying, let that life become mine. Thank you, Lord. Ushers, thank you for coming forward. Congregation, thank you for being obedient. Obedient. Weird word. Almost can't even say it anymore, right? We can say it. Thank you for being led by him and actually doing it. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, take this act of love, this cheerful heart gift to pour out under your throne our lives, the sustenance of our lives, to pour it out to you saying, thank you for providing it for us so richly, so beautifully. God, you are our provision. We never look anywhere else.